0: Hello and welcome to this episode of What in the World is Dyscalculia, or Dyscalculia depending on where you put the accent. However you say it, as long as you're talking about it, I'm happy. I'm Dr. Honora Wall. I'm the host of this podcast, which is put on and sponsored by EduCalc Learning. You can visit EduCalcLearning.com for more information about Dyscalculia or about the trainings, online math courses for students, and our books and other resources for supporting people with dyscalculia. You can also visit the dtri.org and find out more from our nonprofit website which does awareness and information for people who want to know more about the math learning disability. In this episode, I want to talk a little bit about what is by far the most frustrating part of working with people who have dyscalculia. Never ends, never goes away. Absolute frustration every single time it occurs. And it just occurred yesterday. But it, it occurs every week uh, on a very regular basis. One day it will not But for today, it is just a constant irritation. So by far, the biggest frustration for working with people who have dyscalculia is helping them fight for their legally protected accommodations. The support that is supposed to be given to people who have dyscalculia in the K-12 system In higher education, don't even get me started, in the workplace where it's completely non-existent, it's just so frustrating. The amount of time that we spend working on understanding rights, understanding the responsibilities of the school or of providers or of the employer, Understanding how to self-advocate. And I'm a big fan of self-advocating. We all need to know how to speak clearly and describe our needs and describe our circumstances. No one is a mind reader, so we can't assume other people understand where and how and why we're struggling. We have to make that clear. Big fan of self-advocacy. Not a problem at all. But having to self-advocate beyond explaining Hey, I happen to have a math learning disability and with this specific learning disorder, there are some accommodations that really will help me succeed. Anything beyond that statement, I think, is is unnecessary. That's a problem on the part of the listener, not the part of the speaker. Now, if you are one of those listeners, if you are a teacher or a tutor or an administrator, or a college professor, or a college admissions advisor, or an employer, and you don't know much about dyscalculia, I have good news for you. There's tons of information. Well, maybe not tons, but there is information out there. And a lot of it is on my websites that I already mentioned, educalclearning.com and www.thedtri.org. You can reach out to me, and there's a few other specialists here in the U.S. There's plenty more in the U.K., a few in Canada. So wherever you are, you can find some information, and you can become knowledgeable. And then you will know how to best support people have dyscalculia, and they won't have to beg. And I won't have to spend so much time letting people know that they have a wiring difference in their brain. They have a different way of thinking about learning and remembering math and they have a weaker mental number line so adding subtracting remembering the multiplication facts those are big stumbling blocks okay plenty of jobs in the world where you don't need to do that plenty of higher level math where you're required to use a calculator and you're doing visual recognition and pattern recognition so Having to deal with time, money, place value, adding decimals, multiplying and dividing decimals, dealing with fractions, all of that goes away. Just about at the end of elementary school, beginning of middle school, depending on which program your particular school is following. So those early barriers are going to remove themselves. For students who have dyscalculia, by the time they get to those barriers leaving on their own, they're so disgruntled and beaten down and sure that they're not ever going to be able to do math and they're sick and tired of asking for help when the help doesn't actually make a difference that they're not getting access to the higher level math courses they're perfectly capable of succeeding in that's a problem because now they don't have access to the kind of colleges or any college or completing college and they really should that leads to limited work options. So we know from research that you can tie future career earnings to early math experiences. That's a proven fact. And if you have a math learning disability, you are much more likely to have lower future earnings. We know that from research. And if you talk to anyone who has a dyscalculia or other math struggles, then this is a very common story. Now, if there were a reason why a person could not have a certain job or could not follow in a certain career or could not have a certain college major and be successful, okay, that would be the reality and we would then deal with the reality. But the reality is the biggest problem is usually the external barrier put in by someone else who just doesn't understand the disorder. So get knowledgeable. If you are in the education field, You need to be knowledgeable about your field. You need to keep up. You need to be listening to podcasts, not only mine, but follow other people too. You need to be in support groups on Facebook through uh, different organizations. You need to go to some conferences. You at least need to be in some Facebook groups or follow people on other social media sites so that you are keeping up with what's going on we love to talk about research-based best practices. Well, a lot of us don't have time to go to Google Scholar and find out that information. Totally get it. So go find out who is disseminating that information. When I talk on the podcast or on a blog post or even on TikTok, I back up what I'm saying with peer-reviewed empirical research and I've been putting a lot of those links on the dtri.org or you can email me i'm happy to send them to you or i give the names of the researchers you can go to google scholar and look them up that way as well there's a way to get the information and i really need more people to be actively trying to get the information and share it if you're listening to this podcast and this is resonating with you forward it to someone send it to a teacher send it to your principal send it to the guidance office Send it to the tutoring agency. Share it with the college admissions people or the student services office. Share other resources as well. It does not all have to be me. That would be exhausting. So let's all find resources and share them because there's plenty of work to be done if you are a person who has dyscalculia. There's a lot to learn about yourself as a learner, your own strengths and weaknesses, how you can get around the wiring issues, the weaker approximate uh, number system in your head, the weaker number sense that you might have, setting up systems to deal with elapsed time, which can be problematic, and the extra work you're already doing to study. I know that people with dyscalculia are working harder than Typically developing students, because I work with both, so I see it, and I've been talking with families for both, typically developing and neuroatypical development. And there's a lot more work being done. Students with dyscalculia are putting in lots of extra hours, lots of extra time, lots of extra tears. So let's not make it worse by the way we design our assessments, the way we allow or don't allow accommodations. The way we tell people whether or not their learning disorder is real based on whether or not we've heard of it before. dyscalculia has been listed in the research since 1930s. It's not brand new. It's not fake. It's not a made-up thing. If it's brand new to you, that's fine. We don't know what we don't know, but we can find out. And when you know better, you can do better. So, Get out there and learn what there is to know. The more educators, parents, schools, and the educational system remove these barriers and start supporting people with dyscalculia the right way, the more we're going to see a lot of success for this group of people, not only students, but also adults. And I'm going to be adding in more conversations about the adult experience because. That is a place where we are seriously lacking in research and awareness. And dyscalculia is a lifelong condition. It's just a different way of thinking. That's not going to change, and it doesn't need to change. It just needs to be understood and addressed properly. The accommodations in elementary, 1 to 100s chart, number lines, multiplication list at all times. Having a reference sheet or a vocabulary guide to keep track of things like area, and perimeter, and volume, and maybe graph paper to line up your problems vertically. Extended time and teaching students how to use the extended time by the time we get into late elementary and middle school. Instruction on how to use a calculator, and then being allowed to use the calculator at all times so that it frees up mental energy to keep up with the rest of the lesson. Having worked examples or some kind of guided notes during assessments to act as a memory trigger, and then the student can do the work on their own, but give them that memory trigger. At the very least, begin the class by saying, All right, everybody, quick recap on what we did yesterday vocab steps, vocab steps, vocab steps. Now let's get a little deeper. There you go. Now you've triggered the memory and you've brought it back up for people. That's a great accommodation and it will make a huge difference for your students. Moving into high school, keeping students doing grade-level work with the understanding that they might have foundation gaps we're going to address, that they're going to need those accommodations for all assessments, including quizzes and tests. That's what I mean by assessments. If you're going to give an accommodation Monday through Thursday and then not give it on Friday during the test, the student is going to have a problem based on your choices, not on their abilities. A lot of times our assessments end up proving that there's a learning disorder, but I'll save the assessment soapbox for another day. I will say again, let's get some awareness, get some understanding, and get the right accommodations in place. Higher ed, that's a whole other conversation because while student services might know about dyscalculia or other specific learning disorders and neurodiversity, the math professors don't or they don't give accommodations in their class. They shuttle it off to student services. The professors in the science department might not. So all of these other questions, when you're looking at colleges, look at what kind of services they are willing to give and why they do it. Do they understand the learning differences and what kind of accommodations are right and important? And then later having that conversation in the workplace. That'll be a big one. So I guess one thing at a time for the new year, you can only do what you can do. But if we all do our part and do a little bit, then this incredibly frustrating piece will get better for all of us. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please feel free to share it with someone who needs to hear about it. If you are the person with dyscalculia, please understand you are working within a system that is growing and changing but needs a little more knowledge about the situation. And you do have some rights. And you can get support. You just have to keep asking and keep working on it. If you have any questions about what I've said today or about dyscalculia in general, please feel free to reach out. You can find me on all sorts of social media platforms. You can also email me, honora at educalclearning.com. That's H-O-N-O-R-A. Or honora at the dtri.org that stands for the Dyscalculia Training and Research Institute. Visit the websites, get out there and talk to more people, look up some research on your own, or start having more conversations. Let's get some information out there. It's going to be a great year of change for people with dyscalculia. Things are changing. They're improving. This is a very exciting field to be in, even though I do have this frustration. But I believe it will not continue to be consistent. We're going to make changes for the better. Thank you for being part of the journey. I'm Dr. Wall. This is What in the World is Dyscalculia? And I'll see you next time.